Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham. Um, really pleased to be with you this week. Uh, we did record an absolute corker of a podcast last week, only to be denied by uh, Tom Rutherford, one of the leading umpires in the league. Uh, Tom Rutherford's uh, Wi-Fi connection at the Travelodge he was staying at on umpiring duties was so abysmally bad that poor old Eugene Berger couldn't do anything with it. So we missed out last week. Good though the pod was, it will never see the light of day, which means we're going to do an even better one this week. And with that in mind, I am really pleased to introduce um, two, two world-class spinners, basically. Uh, first up from, from North London, Salman Ali. He's my first world-class spinner. How are you, Sal? I'm good, Dan, yeah. Good, good to be back on again. Shame we couldn't do it last week, but I'm sure this episode is going to be a cracker. Excellent. You've been on par this weekend, Sal? Where were you? Yeah, I did a couple of games. did Bronsbury, Freeze versus Highgate, Freeze on Saturday. So, caught some of the guys that you played against last week. Yeah, good, decent game. They're a decent side. So, um, caught a bit of the sun while I was out there as well. So, as you can see, a bit of a tan developing here, which is quite good. Yeah. Who won out of interest? Did Bronsbury win? Bronsbury won, yeah. Yeah, yeah. strong side, Bronsbury Freeze. Yeah, they're some there. useful players. Good stuff. And the second spinner, who's only marginally better than Sal, is um, Twickenham CC's Monty Panasar. Monty, how are you? Yeah, not uh, not bad, mate. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, can't wait. Can't wait to have a chat with you. Fantastic. Um, well, I think we, we might as well start, Monty, with, with asking asking you to sort of say a little bit about um, about the last few years, really, because... Of course, every single one of our listeners will know, you know, about, about you playing test cricket for England, 160 plus test wickets, you know, a, 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 an amazing test career. Um, but what's the last four or five years been, been like for you? What have you been up to? What are you doing now? Yeah, look, I, uh, I, I, I released like an autobiography sort of during the World Cup and then um, was doing quite a, quite a few interviews, actually, because England were doing well. well, And then you end up getting called up, you know, to, to uh, you know, every time they win a game here, that you end up, you know, doing an interview. So uh, I was hoping that that would have led to me, you know, going into a, a media sort of journalism career, but um, it didn't really work out that way. So so, so, so then I thought, why don't I do a, a degree in uh, international sports journalism at, at St. Mary's University? And then hopefully uh, once this sort of finishes, uh, hopefully there'll be opportunities, uh, you know, for, for me to get into, in, in, into the world of media. Makes sense. And how's life as a student, if I can, as a student in lockdown as well, that must be quite complicated, right? Yeah, like I, I thought, you know, during lockdown, probably best time to to get some studying done, and uh, and 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 uh, it's been yeah, it's been great. It's been great. I've, I've learned so many different things about the course. Um, got a podcast coming out soon, actually, this week as we speak. Uh, Monty meets where I interview sports stars about their careers and and life after sport. Um, but also, um, you know, I've learned, you know, many different things, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm also a radio presenter and, and I've done like, you know, writing and, uh, and, and learn things like, you know, video editing. So, um, you know, learn how to, how to, how to, you know, uh, do advanced research methods, you know, how to, how to you know, get data and, and statistics together to, to, you know, um, as you know, as you're a lecturer yourself, yeah, yeah. so you know how to, you know, weigh up your argument a bit stronger when you have a bit of data and facts, you know. Uh, with you. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, didn't think I'd be talking about research methods on this pod, but yeah, I'm, I'm all over that. And I was like, that's brilliant. Um, and also, you're you're working for for the bees for, for Brentford at the moment, right? So you must be celebrating a promotion. Yes, uh, I was absolutely delighted to see you know Brentford FC uh, get promoted, and uh, you know there's uh, there's going to be you know a big season for them starting in in August. Um, so you know we'll be hoping that you know they're, they're able to. St- Get off to a flyer, you know, win win lots of games, and I, I already know. I think I think they need about forty points to stay in the league. So uh, um, that's what it was for Leeds, and I'm sure they can, you know, I'm sure they're good as the Leeds, and you know, they, they can they can stay in the league. So yeah, that that's what you know. I I, I would love to see next happen with Brentford. Now is uh, is is you know stay in the Premiership. Yep, we will see how that one that one develops. Well, Sal's an Arsenal fan, and Arsenal managed to stay in the Premiership this year. Sal, so you know, anything's possible. Oh, definitely. Yeah, next week, <laughs> next year, top four straight away, guaranteed. <laughs> all good, all good. Right, let's get to the cricket, folks. A lot of cricket played, thankfully, because the weather's been much better. Um, you know, obviously the first few weeks were, were pretty dismal, um, but we've had an awful lot of cricket. Sal, top flight. Um, talk to us about what we need to know. Yeah, as you mentioned, we've had some great weather last week and I think the next week's supposed to be just as good. So, fingers crossed that happens. Uh, again, some fascinating games at the weekend. The, high, the newcomers, Crouch and uh, 
on a roll. You know, who's going to beat them? That's a question. Five out of five now. Um, was it four out of five? So then the game rained off. Beating Bronte by nine wickets comfortably in the end. Uh, they've got obviously a young player called Tarva Prasad, who's a very promising cricketer with Middlesex. He hit 71 not out. And their player, coach, a guy called Simon Jackson, who had mentioned actually on Sky Sports the other day by Ebony Rainsford Brent, has been doing some work with her. He came in in the first game and smashed 65. So they're obviously in, in, in good spirits. And there was wins for the sort of team just below them. Tennington beat Finchley with a. Abhishek Junjunwala on XIPL hitting 77 and their new South African recruit Peter Daniel 66 and I mean Tom Powell Captain Finch a young guy you know it's a big job in his hands this year but he's actually leading from the front he scored 84 but they fell you know well behind 76 runs short in the end another side who are doing really well Richmond who had a good win against Eden actually by 118 runs which doesn't happen often Very against Eden so, yeah I mean it's quite yeah, I mean, big statement yeah, I mean, you know, as I said, they're playing some good cricket. Expect to Will early on and Will Phillips to captain. Um, interesting start for Eddings innings. Uh, Steve Stacey, the sort of veteran left-arm seamer they've had for years at Richmond, took out the top three and then bowled at 12 ball over, which went for quite a few wides. And you'll see, look on the scorecard, wides and extra, were actually extra with the second high score. So I'm sure that's going to get you annoyed down when you see that. 12 so. ball over, you say, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was spraying around everywhere. I think he just got a bit tired, apparently, from what I was told. But he did the damage taken out. The first three batsmen. Um, Will Phillips got some runs as we were along with Alex Griffiths, two guys we mentioned when we had goalers on a few weeks ago, who, you know, sort of senior players now within the side and leading from the front. And, and the side who obviously got the two guys from next week, I think, coming on from the bush. Um, again, you know, good performance. I mean, it wasn't as easy as four. They beat Hampstead by 32 runs. Yet again, the team attack did some damage, but it was, again, one of the sort of senior pros in the side, James Kitson took four wickets and sealed a, uh, an important win from Bush, who, you know, as you mentioned, you know, almost every single week, a good side and very dangerous, who, you know, who, who wants potentially to challenge for the, for the top spot. And there was a bit of a boring game at the green from what I saw, a um, bit of a dull, dull finish in, in, from all accounts um, between Twickenham and North Middlesex. Is that, is that Monty? Is that what happened over there? Yeah, we, we tend to, you know, not not produce the greatest games. And, you know, look, they needed five runs off the last ball and they hit it for six, you know, couldn't get any duller than that, really. And uh, <laughs> everyone was celebrating in joy, like they thought, well, you know, such thing as a miracle does exist. Um, well, people witnessed a miracle on Saturday. I can say in the game... Yeah, I was oh, watching sorry, a game yeah. at Bromley at a part, at a sort of a do I was at with my family. It's what one week I couldn't play this week, so I was walking around the back garden of a house in Bromley with my mobile phone on, you know, watching. To be honest, let's mess it up, Monty. Is that is that fair enough? We were sort of there, and then Blake Cullen was out at quite an important time, and Gurdjieff Sandu followed him, and I thought it had gone. Did did, did you think it had gone too, or, or did you still have faith in Rashid Mullazada hitting that ball for six? Yeah, look, look. I think I think previous games, what we've done is we've kind of like just you know once we collapse, we just collapse like a deck of cards. And uh, at least this time round, he was batting till the end, which you know, which which was a, an improvement for us as a team because you know we needed someone just to be a bit more calculated in the risks. You know, take sort of sort of low risk shots rather than you know high risk option. You know that we have been doing and being in a winning position. So we thought. You know, if he's there till the end, we may have a chance. And when we, when you know, when they, when we needed five runs off the last ball, I just thought this is not going to happen, and and I kind of pretty much gave up. And then obviously, uh, it, uh, you know, it was just one of them sort of probably. I think I think a lot of people who were at the ground they'll probably you know remember that for a very long time. Um, and it's been the highlight of the season so far. I mean, can I just say, you have been unlucky in the past few years, you know, losing some really close games. So you were due one. So, you know, well done to, to getting over the line in against, against a very good side. You know, I spoke to Evan Fowle yesterday and he just said what a great game of cricket it was, played in, in a good spirit. And he was actually disappointed when you get to face you, Monty. So what's great is obviously you coming to the league now. Players will actually want to face you because it's something, it's a challenge and they want to be involved in this in his, in this big game, so he was actually quite disappointed he got out. So maybe when you play him next time, don't get them out until he turns up, you know, and you can have a bowl at him. <laughs> I should say as well, Sal, that the, it, it was quite interesting about the... the well, one thing I noticed, anyway, i put it this way, when, when I was watching the feed, is that it was quite a decent ball, the last ball. It was, it was a low full toss, which is not that easy to get up mm. and over for six. And Rashid, he sort of moved right across his stumps and he decided he was going to the, to the shorter boundary. And the lad on, on the boundary made a monumental effort to yeah. get the ball. 
and he died, you know, he arched the back, classic goalkeeping style. I couldn't help but notice he had walked about 10 yards in. Oh. And I did wonder whether that was just, you know, almost muscle memory, because you, you, you do it. Mm. But I did wonder whether he should be right back, right back yeah. on the line. Now, I don't know if anyone picked that up on the day, Monty. Did you see that? Well, look, you know, if that was, let's say, you know, middle overs or, you know, first 10 overs of a match, you know, you naturally stay on the boundary. It's just that nervous energy, isn't it? And that's the beauty about the cricket. And I think more importantly, uh, the togetherness that you have, you know, as a cricket club, we lost three in a row and, you know, they're close games. And, you know, how I've been there in the past where the bowlers and the batters get, get into their groups and, you know, you produce your little cliques and you start blaming the batters or for their, you know, poor, poor shot execution or, you know, you look at the opposition bowlers, the one our bowlers, you know, moving the ball more. But we, we haven't had that. You know, that's one thing we stayed committed. We said, doesn't matter if we win or lose, we're gonna we're gonna stay together as a as a as a as a, as a team. And and people really enjoy, you know, just turning up on a Saturday and playing cricket. You know, um, for Twickenham, um, you know, Twickenham the Greens. And, and when we played against Hampstead the last the pre- previous week, there's a lot of players who said that was the most you know um, thrilling game of cricket. You know, they played in. You know, I think Hampstead were like well, you know, hundred for one. And then they were like some 137 for seven, um, and 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 we thought we were going to win the game. But but it was it 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 just shows how far you know protecting that team environment, the togetherness, um, everyone at the club feeling very welcome, welcome. That you know, I, I remember the first game at the Green. There weren't many people turning up, and now it's just you know every week there's just so many people just keep turning up. And with the Euro starting, we got Test cricket happening on Saturday. You know, it's just perfect, isn't it? People can go to the bar, have a few drinks, watch cricket, watch us, you know, at the green. It's just, you know, I can't wait, you know, for, for the next few months. And if we keep playing some good cricket, you know, the, the response, you know, um, that that we'll get. Because even on Twitter, you know, I, I get people, photographers, newspaper people just saying, oh, can we come to the game? I want to take a few pictures. So, yeah, there's always, you know, people just turning up and, 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 and just getting involved with, One with the club. I would say, I felt a little bit sorry. Is that, is that the right word? Probably isn't the right word. But for, North Mid have got at least three players there who we know well, who we expected to be playing, but couldn't um, because they were involved with Middlesex and they were involved in, in the T20s this week. And I have to be, when I heard that on Friday, I thought, oh, right, OK, the T20 must be Sunday or, or Monday. And I, it's not, it's Thursday. And I, I did, I was a bit surprised, to be honest, because I thought they'd have, you know, crack, and I thought they'd have Bamba. I know Bamba is a bowler, you, get, you look after your bowlers a bit differently. But I, I felt that the, the, the cards didn't quite fall for them this time. They, they, they had a more difficult hand than, than we did. Um, and I, it, it swings in roundabouts. It's, it's happened against us in the past. But nonetheless, I, was, I felt that, you know, North Middlesex might legitimately have said, you know, if we'd have had our three, three Middlesex boys, it might have been different. And it might have been, or it might not. But it was, I thought it was a bit of a shame for them that those three guys couldn't play given that, you know, last year Stuart Law did say on this podcast that he wanted all of his Middlesex boys to play club cricket. So I thought that was that was quite interesting, really. Um, the other thing I was going to say about that is, I mean, talking about getting a lot of pl- people playing modern team, I mean, there are so many clubs now have got lots of sides. Highgate had a seventh eleven out on Saturday. You know, seven teams. This is bonkers, you know, in a, in a wonderful way. There's a lot of people... Wanting to play cricket in North London, so you got six out as well. We yeah, we six we, Yeah, we actually we had five, I think, at the weekend. But we we have a lot. Of, you know, Vaybridge is a really good week in week out. Can I just add something on that game? Um, how annoyed was Rash with the cameraman or the camera person for where they put the camera? Because your one moment of being like a YouTube sensation of hitting a six over the boundary, and you couldn't even see it. I know. So I'm sure well, words you... are exchanged afterwards, were they? Well, I blame Eugene. But I blame you oh, for yeah. most things, so nothing changes. I think the reason is a really, really dull one. It's on the side screen. And, of course, side screens get moved. Mm. And, of course, people move the side screen. And some of them will move it very gently and some of them will not. And I think it just got shaken as it was being moved. Now, of course, we did have a camera on the pavilion, which actually was perfect for the, for the yeah. six. But, but you're dead right. I mean, I know that it, it skewed a bit for quite a while. So we'll have to do it again, Monty. We'll have to do it again. We'll have to have another finish. Monty will have to do it next time. Oh yeah, yeah, that really would be a YouTube. I always, I always, uh, you know, go uh, have a quiet word with the captain and say, "Get me up the order." You know, if, if there's a left-arm spinner on, I can always, you know, take him downtown, especially against the spinners. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I used to always do that. I used to open the batting for Hornchurch in the Essex League because the ball used to do so much, and 
kind of like just stay there as long as I can. So, so it gives an opportunity for the, for the, you know, the other batters to come in. So that's something maybe at some stage, you know, I may just uh, have to have a quiet word with Carlos and, and try and get me, you know, up the order. But, uh, yeah, but one thing I've been surprised by is actually the standard of, of, of club cricket. It's, it's probably one of the best standards I've played. It's, it's a really strong standard, you know. It's every team has a, such a good team, and uh, and and it's played in such great you know spirit. I think the whole Middlesex League is, uh, you know, um, is, is really I was just one way about the six thing though, Monty. Again, have you ever played in a game before where, at any level, where somebody needed six to win off the final ball and they got it? No, I haven't actually. I've never, I've never, I've never, <laughs> never been part of a. Uh, a game like that, and uh, and 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 I guess that's uh, you know sometimes I think that's sometimes these kind of things happen in cricket, you know, and and it's a it's a wonderful way to, you know to talk about it, but also it gets us to talk about many other things, you know, um, the, the the kind of the camaraderie, the team spirit amongst the other teams, um, the league itself. Um, people turning up, um, uh, you know, just just everything about you know the league, Twickenham as well. So I think um, definitely, you know, it's uh, it, it, the game itself has been a great advertisement for the league and uh, and, and Middlesex cricket. I think that's fair enough. Yeah, Sal, have you ever played in a game where that that's happened before, where a six has been needed and someone's got it? I mean, I'm not going to blow my own trumpet, but I did it once in a six-a-side game. So you know, here we go. Here we go. Stepped across the stumps into the into the tennis courts. But it was six um, aside, so you know, I'm not sure that counts. Oh, it was a, we had like a uh, like a fun day a few years back at the club. I can't remember who we played against. It was that, that obscure, so yeah. But I'll claim that. Oh well, yeah, why not? All good. I'm, I'm hearing that you've done it well down there, haven't you? I have done it once. Yeah, yeah which, which it, it, anyone's ever seen me back would find utterly amazing. T20, Middlesex T20, uh, six to win at Old Actonians. Close my eyes. Had a swipe and, and believe me, Carlos Nunes was the most surprised man in, in the whole county when it when it went for six. Yeah, so bizarre, bizarre. Certainly never forget it till my dying day. But um, but yeah, yeah, it's odd, odd moment back in two thousand and seven. Anyway, enough of such things. I was going to mention just just one other thing about Premier League stuff, and it was to do with week four, really. Uh, ben Claypole, um, a, a league legend, finished uh, his career with Bronsby, didn't he, Sal? Yeah, I mean, he's gone back, I think back to Australia, I think, but I mean, he's had a checkered, checkered career in the, in the league. He's been, I mean, in the early days, 2003, when there was a massive force in the league, he he was driving driving behind that. Um, he's had a few years out, because I know he's, he's a PT, he's obviously worked in that side of, of, of industry where he's obviously very busy, but he's come back in the last few years. Not the same success that he had previously, but, you know, a massive loss to Bronze. Not obviously on the pitch, but obviously off the pitch as well. You know, he's been a good club man to them. And I said, you know, in the golden era when they had sides that winning cups and leagues, he was the pivotal part of that. So um, I'm sure he'll be missed. And you know, we on the podcast say good luck to him in his, his next sort of journey of his of his life and career. Yep. But just looking at his stats, you know, he got nearly 800 runs in 2008. You know, oh. you know, thousands of runs over the last 20 years. So, so every every respect to him. Yeah. La- last point on Bronsbury as well. This is a week four point really, but I wanted to mention it. I was quite quite impressed that one of their players, Nathan Fernandez, that when the Bronsbury were playing Finchley away, um, no, Finchley at home, I tell a lie, and um, he went to Finchley. And, and I was talking to James Overy about this, and I thought it was quite, quite amusing really that, that even at Premier League level, people go or, or get their logistics mixed up. So he went all the way to Finchley, ready to start, and then was like, oh, this, this is not so good. And, and then had to get back to Bronsbury. Uh, um, and, and I think he just about made the start, which leads me to another question, folks. On that same weekend, um, our, I, I, for my sins, led our threes at Bronsbury. And we, um, we, we travelled around the North Circular on, on the Sunday to play, as you can do now, uh, in third-team cricket. And unfortunately, there was a really bad accident on, on the North Circ and, and, and someone died in, in the car crash. And the North Circular was closed. And you can see it was serious because they nearly had to delay the kickoff of the playoff final at Wembley between Lincoln and Blackpool. But we arrived at, the, um, at Bronsbury well over two hours late. Now, I'm not, I'm not proud of arriving well over two hours later, but nine of us were all stuck on, on the North Circular. And I'm going to throw that out to listeners. Has anyone ever arrived at a game, you know, as a team, uh, over two hours late? And I have to say, the Bronsbury boys were fantastic. Um, you know, Matt Wrightsenstein and the guys, that they totally understood. They're probably a little bit annoyed, but they totally realised there's nothing you can do. And, and we played a 35-over game. We, we got well beaten, well within the 35-overs. But I just thought I flagged that. Two, you know, two and a half hours late we started. I guess, Monty, you've never been involved in anything like that, right? <laughs> Test don't start no, 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 not really. I think, uh, you know, uh, if... if 
Yes, it's a bit like can can be quite frustrating, really. You know, waiting and uh, and, and being there, you know, playing. But uh, I, I remember the first game against Richmond. We were thinking of calling that off and uh, uh, you know waiting around, but eventually we did play. Um, I think one thing I've been surprised by is is, is the grounds. You know, the picturesque grounds. You know, I think uh, we've got in, there's some lovely grounds in in, in the league. Um, uh, so that's uh, you know yeah, kind of a, I mean, I a blessing in disguise. The lubricous ones as well, but um, <laughs> but uh, the, the ones that, that that you've played at so far, I think, are really are really nice settings. And there's a few more to come as well. That's, that's well. This weekend you're at Ealing, aren't you? Yeah. You're going to Ealing this weekend, which is probably one of the nicest grounds you'll come across. Yeah. Fantastic balcony and clubhouses. It makes it all like a first-class ground. The whole feel of how they set things up there. So that'll be a, a nice place to visit. Hopefully. Sounds like you've never been two and a half hours later again, or anywhere, anywhere no. even close, have you? No, not that. No, it's just the no, nowhere. Yeah, okay. I think maybe forty-five minutes, but nowhere near that. Yeah, it's one of those things as well. I mean, we, we just didn't know what to do. You know, we were out of our cars on, on on the north side. I even bumped into a group of guys from Wickham House, Farhad Rayman and his boys. They, they were off to uh, Winchmore Hill, and we just sort of standing there talking in the middle of the North Circular. I mean, you know, well, you can walk. But uh, not much point in doing that. So it was, it was all one of those horribly messy situations. And here's me sort of joking about it. But of course, you know, some poor soul didn't get a chance to go anywhere. So, um, so yeah, you know, that's probably worth remembering too. Moving on, Division One, Sal. Um, what do we need to know about Division One? Anything caught your eye there over the weekend? Well, we, as we, I mean, we've mentioned this on the podcast quite a few times. That is, uh, there's a clutch of sides who you know are the ones to watch this year, and they won at the weekend. Stanmore really coming to form now smashed over 300 against Highgate. All that one point with 27 before, but they've obviously recruited a very good overseas this year in Travis Noyce, who by all accounts is only 18 years old, which is, you know, it makes it even more an amazing feat that he scored 200 last weekend in the League and Cup and got another 100 this weekend. 169. Big 100 too, wasn't it? 169. Yeah, that's a big 100. Um, so Stan obviously, uh, you know, looking strong and getting, finding their feet now. But, you know, you've got sides like Acton, Seahillside, who, who won a, a game against Enfield, beat Enfield, and then House St. Maria's, I think, also be a dangerous side. Monty will probably be quite happy to watch them play because they've got some great left-arm spinners in their ranks. Um, and on their wicket, when it's, you know, it does turn, um, Ravi Patel, Saeed Kazmi, you know, these guys are very good cricketers at that level. And I'm sure, you know, they'll, they'll be, you know, snapping away if the weather continues to be as it is at the moment. So, as I said, but Hornsey as well. Hornsey are back on a winning trial. They suffered a defeat to Enfield last week. At the end of Tony Sayers' onslaught against them, he smashed an amazing 100. So they've got back on you know, the winning trail again. So it's going to be uh, you know, a, a good season in that division. Like, you know, like we mentioned, Premier Division is really tight. Division 1 is really tight. You know, we can't call the winners at the moment, can we? So it's, it's going to be a you know, fascinating few weeks. And, I think, and then finally, Brentham got their first win by beating Osterley. Yeah, I think Brentford will be overjoyed with that because Australia are always tough opponents and Brentford were down the bottom and I think they needed to dig in. Uh, otherwise, the season can slip away really easily. And so I think, um, you know, I think they'll be really pleased with that 36-run triumph. But I mean, Stangate's, uh, um, Stanmore's performance also catches the eye, doesn't it? That's a lot of runs. They beat Highgate with 154 uh, runs. And I mean, Freddie Barris was saying it was like a coaching clinic watching Travis Norris back. They did drop him early on, but I mean... You know, you, if you don't take your chances, then people like Norris are going to are going to punish you. And t- his form is, is 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 off the radar. Fair play. I should say it wasn't the highest score of the week, though. Sal Richmond Fives had that um, that honour. They scored three, four, seven for eight against Indian Gym in Division Four B. So uh, a lot of runs about if you look in the right places. Um, and we should mention Tony Sayers the week before. Um, you know, he, he scored 110 off 56 balls for Enfield. So Enfield also showing that they can. That, that they can, you know, sort of compete with the best because they, they beat Hornsey pretty convincingly, even though they lost against Acton this week. It's, um, yeah, it, it's a competitive division and, and there's plenty, uh, plenty going on. We'll talk about the other divisions in a sec. First, a few words from our sponsors. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky with so many options to choose from. How do you make the right choice? When you want quality, value and service, there really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket have been producing award-winning, high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and find out why many loyal clubs, players and international customers can't be wrong 
at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Okay, Division 2. Southampton have still played 5-1-5. One of very few teams to have done that. What else do we need to know about Division 2 this week? Well, you mentioned Southampton and they are just a side who just don't know how to lose games. They just keep winning, winning, winning. You know, all six situations, you know, they're both sides out. They'll chase down, you know, decent totals, low totals. And um, Wickham House, which is it's a big, big week. Wickham House will be one of the early sort of pre-season favourites to get promotion. So it's a massive statement from Southampton. And I looked at their scorecard and they've obviously, they, they, don't, they don't hang around. Um, of their innings on Saturday, 186. I think three quarters of the runs. Actually, no, I think 120 came in boundaries. So, um, you know, they're not, they're not going to hang around dying in any kind of format by the looks of it. And Leroy Shepard, you know, a bit of a colourful character, you know, great servant in Southampton. Very, very good cricket on this day. He came in and hit three sixes and then got out. So he wasn't hanging around either. But, um, yes, yeah, so Southampton are, are, the, are the team to catch, as you mentioned, unbeaten, five out of five. Who can catch him? Well, these sides will be looking to. Obviously, North London were at my side. Um, Close game against the Titans, who pushed us all the way, but we got home over the line. Despite our um, Tom Wakeford, the player we mentioned in the past, breaking a finger, so he was he's out for a while, which is a bit unfortunate. And trying to field the ball, which is a bit of an innocuous injury, but you know it happens in cricket. Um, Southgate again, uh, who, who who had a blip the week before, and they defeated, defeated quite a good East Coast side actually, who you know definitely one side that you have to look out for in terms of this format and in the league itself. And then Harrow, again, you know, one of these sort of clutch of sides who are trying to sort of get that, or maybe, may, may even be the second promotion spot, so perhaps to keep going to where they're going, defeated with um, Uxbridge. And the final game was Jim Carner, who bowled all funding out for Mizey Total the week before, with them this week, the victims of Mizey Total, bowled out for 120, and Barnes chased them down quite easily for the loss of one wicket. So, as I said, the table is taking shape. But there's one side at the minute who are definitely saying, you know, come and catch us if you can. It looks like well, it's Southampton 11 points clear now. So they're basically a game clear. And then it's Harrow and North London who look like they are the two, the two next sides on the rank, don't they? But I guess as we're moving into time cricket now, a few more points up for grabs. You know, if you bat first and win the game. So, yeah, and we um, have them this weekend yeah. as well. While our boys are off to Southampton. Uh, so that, that, that should be a, a good game, hopefully. Um, you know, with my North London hat, and we'll come over the victory. But I know it's going to be a real, real test. You know, they've they've got some good players. You know, some experienced players, players who who can play shots. And I think they they overseas this year. The the Beijing guy who, who's obviously fitted in quite well, taking wickets. So it's not going to be an easy game at all, by any means. Interesting. Going to their place. We will follow that with interest. Um, and in Division Three, um, another one of our fifty out of fifties. We've only got three left now. But Harrow Town, they've um, Played five, one five as well. So they're, they're, they're going nicely. They're, um, they're seven points ahead of Stoke Newington um, and 15 ahead of Ealing Trailfinder. So again, the league's sort of taking shape there. And, and um, I was in touch with um, Motion Shafi from, from Harrow Town. He's the secretary there. And he was saying it's their 100th anniversary, actually, much like Kenton. It's their 100th anniversary this year. So um, they're going all out to, to not just do well on the field, but to you know, to have a good year off the field as well. And, and he was telling me they're playing Harrow School in a couple of weeks. Um, they're playing the MCC as well. So it looks like Harrow Town are having a big year and, and, and best of luck to them in that. Um, you know, they're, they're a club who have had ups and downs too. And it seems like they're doing pretty well at the moment. I also mentioned Stoke, Newing, Stoke Newington. Um, Monty, you might be interested in this one. Right, Stoke Newington at the weekend, 174 for nine, right, against Ealing Hanwellians, 169 all out. So they won by five runs. Right, and I spoke to the, to the um, skipper of Stoke Newington, Ishak Rahil, and he, he, he was talking me through the game. And there are parallels to this, uh, to, to, to what we've just talked about before. Six needed off the last ball. Um, the Stoke Newington batter, he clears his front leg much like what happened on Twickenham Green. He whacked it, much like what happened on Twickenham Green. It went to deep mid-wicket. Caught it, right on the boundary. The bloke got it off the last ball. Um, and that, of course, means that Stoke Newington won by, um, by five wickets, uh, by five runs. So I thought it sounds a bit like a carbon copy of what happened at Twickenham Green. and just goes to show that the, the drama has no end in, in, in the county league. And, and that meant, ultimately, of course, that Stoke Newington are now in second place and uh, Ealing Hamwellians are sort of in the bottom half. So quite, quite a big, big swing in terms of the points ramifications um, 
there. We also had a similar game in this division in week four. And we talked about this in the podcast that never was. Without going into too much details, the Ealing Trailfinders, 189, Chiswick, 183. Now, there's an extra dimension to this one because the Chiswick batter, the last pair in, obviously, they need six to tie, seven to win. The Chiswick batter's on 99, right? And he decides he wants to go to his 100 and to try and tie the game at that point with a six. Doesn't need to. They've still got time to bat. Um, again, caught on the boundary, deep backwards square, going for six, not only to tie the game at that point, but to get his 100. Now, I think I'd be less charitable if I was a skipper there. You've got time to bat. You're clearly the man. You're on 99 and, and you're out in that fashion. I think that's, I don't know, I can forgive the, 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 the Ealing Hamwellians player, but I think perhaps he should have gone for it in ones, maybe. Um, but some, some batters are like that, aren't they? Can I just add that, Non-Stoke Newington? Our under-19s played him last week in a, in a T20 game and they've got some very good young cricketers. Um, they're, they're the young, I think a leg spinner, who's, I think from what I was told was like 14-15, who's playing in their first eleven. And they had a couple of really good bowlers as well. So, you know, they're, they're obviously doing really well on, on their cult setup down at their club. And, you know, if the, the future looks bright for those guys. Um, yeah, good on them. Yeah, I know a lot of time yeah. and effort has been put into to the cricket at Stoke Newington. And it's, it's, you know, it's good to see them making, making progress. Um, as we move through the other divisions, um, Sam, you've been keeping an eye on London Tigers and Sammy Hyde. What do we need to know about their efforts over the, uh, 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 over uh, the last uh, couple of weeks? Uh, um, our good mate, Sammy Hyde, another win for the guys. Um, you know, he's, you know, from what we were told earlier in the season, they've had players come from Harrowtown, move over to, to them. And, you know, they're probably, most of them guys are probably playing far too low division, I'd say, in terms of what they've played in the past. So it's no surprise to see them winning week in, or sort of, I wouldn't say week in, week out, but on a, on a regular basis. So they're, they're obviously, and your prediction as well, Dan, as you mentioned in the season, your side to go up, and they're obviously making sure that they fulfil that in some way. So they, they had a close window against West Tower, winning by two runs. Um, it went 15 down to the 13, wasn't it? A dramatic yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I think they don't, they don't do things easy, do they, by the looks of it? But, you know, they got over the line. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're in a good position at the moment in terms of yeah. how the league stands up. Like AP and another side who, who had a good start as well, they, they had a good win, beating Bespo by seven wickets. So the, the, the table is sort of taking shape there in terms of who, who could be yeah. a potential... Um, winners. So London Tigers and Besborough are certainly in the in, in the top two spots. I mean, Besborough had an interesting week four as well. It might be worth just just quickly re- uh, mentioning that one. They were involved in a tie, Besborough, in week four against um, Old Isleworthians, um, and that that sounded like an interesting game as well. One of the one of the old timers. We've mentioned this. Old timers are, are still going well. Alex Stanby won't like me calling him an old timer, but I think he does he does fit into the category. Sixty seven not out for Old Isleworthians and two for twenty four off nine. Um, and that looked like it had set them up for a win, but Besborough uh, uh, batted pretty well. Um, and then they had a bit of um, um, uh, kamikaze cricket, number seven, number eight, number nine, all run out in the chase. Came down to the last over. Besborough need 15 to win. So a fair old effort, you know, 15 off the last over. The third ball was a drop catch on the boundary that went for four. So, you know, the, the drama's building. All gets down to the last ball. You know, uh, Besborough need three to win off the last ball. What happens? Wide. OK, the batters go for a run. They scramble through, um, but don't make it. So we're still on the last ball. OK, they now need two to win. And they're now down, I think, to the last pair. Um, it ends up being two needed off the last ball. Then they scramble one. Um, they go for the second. They run out. So the scores are tied. Um, and, you know, all you could possibly want in a final over. 15 needed, down to three off the last ball, which becomes two because of the wide. And then, um, ultimately, all square. Points shared. Which I think, you know, fantastic advert for, for the bonkersness of cricket, really. And, and certainly Alex Danby was, uh, wasn't sure whether he should be happy or sad that it had ended up the way that it, um, that it had. Moving on from that, um, there's been a few low scores about Sal. I don't know if you picked up on any of these. London Tigers were involved in one in week, in week four. I was just going to sort of see, um, you know, see if, if you picked up on, on some of the problems that have been around in the batting department. Did you see any of those? Well, for London Tigers or are you talking about in general? Yeah, yeah. London Tigers in week four had a few. Well, I guess they won with a score of 55, right? Mm, yeah, and they got Poe Bonner for 48. So, um, and as you mentioned, the top score was 16. So... Yeah, that was a bit of a low-scoring game. But we also had um, CRS Cardinals bowl out for 37 in a Division yep. 6 game. 
Um, but I think the best story I'll leave with you, Dan, was obviously the performance of Jack Peets in, in, in week four yeah. for Stoke Newington. I, I yeah, the next few incentives yeah. to get out early, didn't he, obviously? Well, you've got to, I mean, I, I study a bit of corruption in my, my day job, you know, uh, as a researcher. And you've got to ask what's going on here. Stoke Newington fours are 31 all out. OK, there's 14 extras in that, I should add as well. And um, Jack Pete's taken six for seven off nine. Now, why do I say there's corruption? Well, it's Jack Pete's stag do <laughs> on the same day. Right. So if ever a man wants to, the, the cricket to finish quickly, it's got to be Jack. Right. Because he's, he's got he's got a stag do to go on. So a Stoke Newington in on this. I'm sure they're not. But but 31 on eight. So Jack's taken six for seven off nine. They knock it off uh, uh, very quickly. 32 for no wicket. Job done. Jack's going off to celebrate getting married and, and um, is, is clearly over the moon with life. However, 31 on eight's not the lowest score we've seen in the last two weeks. There's been another one and it came in this week. In a way, even better. Um, Middlesex uh, Titans, third 11, um, managed 18 all out against Ealing thirds. They were flying at one point, Sal. They were nine yeah. for two. Uh, the pinch cruising along. Pinch it is going in. knows where it... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, then it fell apart. Another six for seven. So that was Jack Shepherd um, uh, this week for Ealing threes, as opposed to Jack Pete, six for seven the week before for, um, uh, um, for Bronsbury fives. Um, and, yeah, 18 was the end product. The bit I liked, though, was that Ealing opened up, and obviously they haven't got many runs to get. Conor O'Flaherty opens the bat in. He gets the first ball of the innings for one. Doesn't face a single ball after that. He's one not out, having faced one ball in the entire innings. Um, why? Well... Uh, the batter at the other end uh, faced the remaining 10 balls. Evidently, he got a run off the final ball of the first over. Hit the 18 runs needed. Job done. So, um, so Connor is one not out, having faced one ball, opened the bat in, sort of carried his bat. Um, you know, 100 strike rate. What, 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 um, you know, what, what's not to like in that one? So, so, yeah, 18 all out is, we think, the lowest score of the season so far. But we do know of somebody who knows of a Middlesex score that's lower than that. Sal, do you want to help us out? I'll let you use one, Dan, because obviously you, um, you, you're the man he got in touch with. Well, I spoke, yeah, well, Paul Smith got in touch with me. And Paul Smith, as everybody knows, is, um, is a stats aficionado. And he said that um, when it comes to low scores, he reckoned Rye Slip, you know, another Middlesex club, even though they're not in the county league at the moment, um, uh, he, he reckons they're in the game uh, because they were four all out um, in a game way back in the 1960s, in June 1961, against Harrison Marys. And the scorecard is in Harrison Marys's clubhouse. And to prove it, Paul even sent me a picture of it. So I definitely know it exists. Top score of three. So that bloke got 75% of the whole team's runs. Um, but four all out. So if anyone can beat that and has got a record of it, I want to hear about it. Because that seems to me to be almost unbeatable in terms of low scores. Enough of low scores. Talk about the positive stories then, Sal. We talked about 50 out of 50. We've got three sides, right? Yeah, we're down to three now. So in the first, uh, we mentioned both Southampton and Harrowtown. And then in third level, we've got Crouchen, who also have five out of five so far. So let's see who will be the last team standing maybe come this weekend. So three sides. I mean, that's still, I think that's a reasonable effort, given how much rain there has been about. But uh, certainly Southampton against your boys, North London. Uh, keep, keep yeah, on yeah, those yeah. To see hopefully we can be the going. first team to inflict a defeat on them. Yeah. We will see. Cool. Monty, we're now moving away from, um, uh, from the cut and thrust of the County League um, to finish with what I guess has become a traditional quickfire quiz that we give our, our esteemed guests. So, seven questions. All I'll say is the first thing you think of is usually the right thing. OK, go with your heart, not your head. None of it, I think, is libelous. I don't think. You know, I mean, not intended to be anyway. Um, so whatever comes into your head is going to be the right answer. I think Sal's kicking off. Cat, Sal, first question for Monty. OK, Monty. So, I mean, I've looked at your stats here. You're phenomenal. You know, the I names like of the players. Yeah, I mean, really the names of, I'm hoping you know the answer, Monty. Some of the names of the players you've, you, you know, dismissed is just stuck. It's like a who's of cricket, really. So amazing achievement on that part. But the question is, um, obviously, you've taken in, in your career in, in test cricket, you've taken 167 wickets. I'm thinking that's correct. Which country have you taken the most wickets against? Is it India or Pakistan? Uh, India. Okay. Correct. Do you, know, do you know how many you've taken against India, Monty? 20. I haven't got the exact. Yeah, that's what I thought. More like, yeah. I mean, the stats against Pakistan are very impressive, aren't they? And a bowling average of 26 and a strike rate of 62. And that's. That's 31 wickets. I don't know, did you realise your stats against Pakistan were so good? Uh, no, I didn't. 
Probably not, no. <laughs> it's only sad badgers like me and Sal that realise things like this. <laughs> Great stuff, India. Question number two, this is much more profound. If you had a choice and you only had access to one of these things, would you listen to cricket on Test Match Special or would you watch it on Sky Sports? Watch it on Sky Sports. Okay. Do you ever listen to TMS? Is that on your radar? Yeah, I do sometimes. Sometimes I do, but I tend to just watch it on Sky Sports. Yeah. We've said in previous pods that I tend to listen to TMS at work and I can't really look like I'm watching cricket because, you know, yeah. it's supposed to be at work. Um, but <laughs> listening to it, you can always get away with listening to it. So, so yeah. TMS comes yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Number three, Sal. Okay, so Monty, you've played at some amazing grounds over your time and obviously we fed very well. Um, the Lord's Lunch is something we've spoken about in the past on the previous podcast and it's, it's been lauded up by everyone. So you have a choice now. You have a Lord's Lunch available or a meal that Greg Wallace and Master, Sebring Masterchef really was impressed with, your chicken dish. Uh, a Lord's, Lord's meal. Oh. Okay. But if ever you want but to do chicken- teas at Twicken and Monty, just let us know. We're, we're, we're keen. Okay, yeah, I will. Chicken, will. chicken dish is like a legendary, from what oh, I can tell. Greg Wallace yeah. loved it from watching it. Yeah, they're very impressed with it. So yeah, high steam, you know. Man knows his food. Fantastic, mm. great stuff. Now this one, this one's a, a, a tricky one. Okay, tougher opponent facing Mitchell Johnson bowling ninety-five mile an hour bombs, or John Humphreys on Celebrity Mastermind. <laughs> I'll go for I John Humphreys. I would not. I would not want to do either. I'll be telling you now. I'll go for John Humphreys again. Yeah, is he as scary as he looks and sounds? Well, I think he he comes across friendly, and then once once you're on the chair, he tries to um, he tries to get you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, fair play for even having a go, quite frankly, because it looked as scary as anything I can possibly imagine. <laughs> um, cool. Next question. So obviously amongst your test cricket and county cricket career, you played a fair amount in club cricket in the last few years. I mean, you played for, was it Luton Town and Indians in the Hertfordshire League pre-season, yeah. I think. Um, you mentioned Hornchurch at in the Essex Prem, obviously now at Twickenham. Judging what you've had so far in terms of your, your, you know, your career and what you've played against, which one would you say offers the, more, the biggest challenge of the three you've mentioned? At the three leagues? Three leagues. Well, I think the most successful, I was at Hornchurch. You know, we won everything. We won the, the league, the T20, the one day Um I'm hoping that we can have some similar fortunes at, at Twickenham Green. We've got, the, we've got a really good side. So that's why I'm hoping that, you know, we can, we can, you know, progress, you know, really well. So, um, you know, I would like to see, you know, some of that happening at Hornchurch, uh, at Twickenham Green. But tell me the standard of Twickenham Green, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the standards. What well, What do you think about the overall standards? I, mean, I think at the time Essex Essex was a strong standard because Essex won the league as well, and you know it was like very strong standards. Middlesex is strong, you know. Again, it's a it's a straight it's a good it's a good strong standard. Um, you know, I like to see maybe Middlesex do a bit more better. You know, in in maybe obviously vitality coming up, so hopefully they'll they'll, they'll go off to a good start. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, look, the standard's been really good, very good standard of cricket. Good stuff. Um, moving back to the round, the bigger round ball. Um, when you first arrived at Twickenham, Monty, I remember you, you coming down to you know, on a Friday night wearing an Arsenal scarf. Is this right? Do you remember this? Yes, I wore an Arsenal scarf. I'll probably have to soon wear um, a Brentford scarf, right? Well, this, yeah, I mean, Sal's an Arsenal fan, so you don't have to defend yourself to Sal, for sure. But um, yeah. if you had the choice between Arsenal winning the league or Brentford getting into Europe, which would you go for? <laughs> Yeah, Gosh. Tough one, be careful. Yeah. It's a tough one. Um, I'll have to go with Arsenal winning the league. Good answer. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one, Sal. Fair enough. You're going to have to explain yourself to a number of Brentford fans in the pavilion, but I'm sure you'll do that perfectly well. Well, they wear the same colours almost, don't they? And they're both, you know, sort of, you know, sort of from London, so you can maybe sort of swap both secretly. And to be honest, you could get both, couldn't you? No yeah. reason why they both couldn't happen. In theory. Yeah, yeah, both, both would be great. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Cool. Next one, Sal. So, I mean, we mentioned your career and what great career you've had in Test cricket. Um, you know, your debut Test match, you don't get bigger scalps than Tendulkar, do you? So, which of these moments is stand out the most? You obviously Tendulkar and Dravid in your first Test match, all that amazing and memorable innings at Cardiff in the Ashes. Yeah, look, for on a personal note, I'll probably go with the wickets, but from a team perspective, probably Cardiff. 
can I ask them, Monty? So when, when you're in the dressing room and, and it's looking like saving the, the test matches on, and what, what do you do to prepare? You know, you can see, you know, you're next in. You know, the, you must know the world is watching. How, how do you psychologically get ready? Do you just try and blank it all out? Is, is there certain things that you do to try and make sure you're in the best place? Or is it just all ad hoc? You sort of go with the flow and, 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 and almost make it up as you go along. Yeah, it's pretty ad hoc, really. You just go along, you take the middle, you think, well, let's go one ball at a time. If I played it well, let's do it again. Yep. And that's it. And then eventually, you know, you, you, you know, we got there. You know, we got there. That's how it was, you know, because when there's no expectation on you, you just make it up as you go along. And, 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 and that's, how it, that's how it was, really. Do you hear the crowd after every ball? Or, or do you zone out from that? No, you zone out of that. You don't really hear the crowd. You're just very calm at the crease. You just think, right, you know, I just keep watch the ball if it's at the stumps, play with a straight bat. If it's short, drop the hands down and hoping that it won't touch my glove. And, and that's it, really. And that, that's, that's all you do. You don't, you don't, that's, that's all you can do really, prepare, have a game plan, you do try and follow it through, and if it does, great, if it doesn't, at least I had a game plan, I tried my best, and you know, that's it really. Make it sound wonderfully simple, Monty, it didn't look, um, well, I, I, I felt every, you know, every ball as a, as a supporter watching, but it, it's great to know that in the, in the end, you do what we all do, you try and watch the ball, you try and hit the ball, try and leave the ball, and, and the basics of the game don't change, I suppose. Yeah, that's it, really. That's it. I think the most important thing is you watch the ball. Um, you have a game plan where I think, OK, if it's going to be full, straight. If I think it's going to hit the stumps, I will play with a straight bat. If I've seen it short, I'll try and drop the hands down so it doesn't hit my gloves. And if it hits me, that's fine. And then I'll just let it go by. So then, you know, my mind has got these two instructions. You know, I'll try and... Obviously, the game is complicated and everyone is very good at complicating the game. And then you're trying to get the complication into the simplest form. Yeah. And I think, right, so these are my two options. And uh, I'll give my best. That's it. I'll give my best shot. And on the day, you know, maybe, you know, the, when, when, you know when it's your day, then these kind of things happen. And that was probably, you know, my finest hour in, a, in, a, in an England shirt. And, uh, um, you know, having Jimmy Anderson at the other end, who probably... Yeah, it's one of the one of the greatest sort of English, you know, uh, Test cricketers around. Um, it's 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 a, it's a quite a proud moment oh, for I've me. Oh, I've got no doubt about that. Yeah, and can I ask, what was the rest of the changing room like in the run up to you going out? Do, do, for example, the batters come up and speak to you and say, "Monty, think about this," or the people sort of leave you knowing that you 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 know what you've got to do here. Uh, how does that work? Or different different people do different things, I suppose. Yeah, look, it's just you know, good luck, mate. You know, it's that sort of. <laughs> Designed and look, good luck. Try, try your best, but we know, we know, we know you're going to get out, and we're going to probably end up losing, you know. But and and that's what makes it more even more special, you know. My average four in Test cricket, outside edge through the slips, going to the boundary. Next ball probably an inside edge, and the third ball, you know, straight ball, miss it, and I'm out, you know. And then that was it. And then that, you know, compare that to the 69 balls that we. Uh, survived, that that was a, obviously a huge, huge miracle. Yeah. I mean, Sal, Sal was mentioning this to me before off air, but you have had a Test match six, right? Is that right? Can you that? Yeah, yeah, I hit more than for a six at the bridge. Yeah, I hit him, hit him out of the ground, so that was a that was a, a lovely moment. Well, where did it go? Straight or? It was Dickel Corner and it went over Dilshan, so yeah, yeah, travelled far. Excellent. I mean, just, just a very hitting a six ever, you know, in the future would be something I'd like to do. Um, let alone, you know, in a test match when apparently you're not supposed to be able to bat very well. Brilliant stuff. Sal, any final thoughts? We've had some, can, some yeah, patching, haven't we? Can I ask one, one question before we move on? That obviously, some of the scouts of the players who go out they said, Who's who? I said, mention of test class, you know, batsmen, some of the greats of the game. Which one wicket, and obviously, not the first one stands out, but which one player? Would you say it's the one you always enjoyed getting out, or it's the one they always think is the best wicket I've got? Uh, yeah, look, obviously, you know, Tendulkar is always going to be up there because uh, you know he, I took it as, as my first Test wicket. But you know, apart from that, like um, you know, I, I thought Rahul Dravid was a difficult person to get out. Yunus Khan, you know, was very difficult. Um, you know, Sangakara, you know, he he was a, he was a hard batsman to get out. Um, like so, for me, it was. About you know, trying to get in the best batters out and 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 trying to just you know bowl really good deliveries to them and 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 also you know 
trying to get them out. So then it's a more of a, a great feeling for myself that I can get the best out. So I think that's that's what it is. You know, sometimes you just got to, you know, uh, find a way of, of of getting these wickets, um, and, uh, and 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 you and, and you got to be um, yeah, you you got to be competitive. Great stuff. Um, cool. So the cups. Yeah, national cup. Yeah, in the national cup, we've had a bit of a bad weekend in terms of how clubs have got on. Um, Monty will know some of these sides. So uh, Brentwood from Essex Premier beat Bronsby quite comfortably on Sunday. I mean, James Obey's side were quite depleted. wasn't a full strength first eleven side. So it's always going to be a hard ask against Brentwood, who, as I said, Monty will know very well. Very strong Essex side. You know, some very good players. Um, Potters Bar, another club Monty's probably played against before in the Hearts League. They they beat North Middlesex. Uh, again, they were they were almost at full strength, and North Mid missing three or four was not going to be strong enough to, to beat them. And then East Molesley, the scourge of Richmond, defeated Rich and Teddington uh, in quite a comfortable game for them. So we've only got one side left in the competition. That's Ealing, who beat Stanmore in a, in a low-scoring game, winning by 20-odd runs. So they go through to the next round, and I think they're playing Aston Rowant in the last 32. So all, all hopes now finally reading in terms of the MCCL flag in the national competition. But as we said, it's a it's a harder task this year just due to the, the rules changing in terms of professional players being allowed to play. So, you know, we, we obviously can't do that as a club. So it's going to be uh, some mean feat for them to to keep, keep going forever and forever and forever. But, you know, fingers crossed they get there. And we've obviously got the trophy, the league trophy, which is contested by teams in um, now um, what we call Division 1 and some Division 2 sides. And we're down to the quarterfinal stage of that. So Wimby will play in trail finders. Alexander Park will play South Hampstead. Southgate versus Indian Jimkana and Harrow versus East Coat. So I think they're going to play the 20th of June. They're this weekend? They're, they're due to be played 20th of June. Now, I'm not sure if these... I'm looking at the league website at the moment. It's also mentioned that the T20 comp might take this place or some games might be played this weekend. It says on here the 30th of June, Eating and Acton, and you guys are playing Twickenham... And Richmond, sorry. Um, I don't know if you can confirm that, if that's true or not. That's on game what the website I, says. I should know that, but I'm not 100% sure. Leave that with us. But there'll be a T20 game at some point and Twickenham will be involved in it. I can tell you that. Okay. Cool. Guys, and Monty as well, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Certainly played in the, in the first T20 game back on a very dark night at Teddington. Um, Debut. Very murky. I thought we played some decent cricket, but it was, um, yeah, it was, a, it was an odd night. Um, good stuff, fellas. It's been a real pleasure having you on, Monty. Um, Thanks for your insights. Um, goes without saying, we'd love to have you back in the future to, to hear, you know, perhaps at the end of the season, what, what you've made of a full season with Middlesex. And very personally, obviously, I would say, hope you go well. Uh, I hope things work out. But also the league, as Sal said, is, is really pleased to have you on board. And there's plenty of people who, who are really looking forward to, to playing, against, playing against you in the weeks to come. So, guys, thanks for your time. We'll no doubt reconvene soon. Thanks, Monty. Cheers, Dan. Cheers. Yes, thank you. Thank you, guys. Absolute pleasure.